Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to Word Up. We're studying the book of Revelation. Lovely to have you with us. Um, and hello to Pastor Akin. Hello to Ben. Great to have you with us. It's the three of us together again tonight. We've got the whole team, which is great. And um, yeah, we're looking, we're in chapter six at the moment of Revelation, reminding you it's the revelation that Jesus gave to show what soon must take place. And uh, blessed are those who read it and blessed are those who hear it and get this take to heart what is written in it. We're here, we're here not to rock the theological world. Uh, we haven't got that, I'm afraid, but we're here to take to heart what the scriptures say in our lives and, you know, be living sort of according to this word. And, and, and with that revelation, you know, letting it, applying it to our lives. And we do try and make application as we go through these uh, these verses. We've started, the, the seals are being opened. There's seven seals. There's three series of the seals, trumpets and bowls, which make up 21, if you like, moving degrees of God's, you know, bringing the, the, the wrath and, and, and the, the tribulation to the earth as, as if you like. And we can see in the scriptures, it's to really move man to, to repent before the very end. And, uh, and yet, sadly, most of mankind don't repent during this time, which is sad to say. But we're, we're opening these first seven seals and we started looking at those last week. We started looking at the four horsemen, which are the first four seals. And the first uh, seal, again, these horsemen were called forward by the um, these awesome angelic beings that we heard described. Won't go into them right now, but they call forth these horsemen. The first one was the white horse and its rider held a bow, was given a crown and was bent on conquest, a conqueror. And we heard that, um, you know, uh, there's various thinking. Is this like the, the Antichrist? Is this some great ruler and conqueror at the end? <clears throat> Even some saying that is this Jesus Christ? And we were saying, you know, would would Jesus be described as bent on conquest? And if he's the first of the. The, the kind of seals and the tribulation flow, does that fit in that it would be Jesus? We kind of, I think our consensus was that we didn't think so. Uh, there seems to be some ruler. Then we got the second horseman is a fiery red one who would take peace from the earth and cause men to slay each other. So it seems like there's bringing a great warring on the earth. The third horseman is a black horse and um, with a pair of scales in his hand bringing economic collapse and famine it seems on the earth and the the fourth one is uh, a black hang on let's get this right the fourth one is a pale horse or pale green horse its rider's name is death and um it brings death to the earth again and then we we also see that they is this referring to all four horses it says in verse 8 were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague. And even it says by wild beasts of the earth. OK, so just a quick kind of going over uh, some of those things. 
anyone want to come in on these four horsemen? Ben, I know you've been looking at this uh, the four horsemen again. Well, yeah, definitely been uh, having a good uh, study because uh, l when we got into last week, so I was like, well, who is the white horseman? You know, is it Jesus uh, or, or is it is it not? Um, and I, I, there's so many things about the horsemen that I looked at, but one of the things to um, to look at is Matthew 24, because one of the scholars I was reading directed me there and was like, well, look at what Jesus says mm -hmm. about the end times. And then the guy I was listening to kind of paralleled it with these four horsemen. So, for instance, uh, in Matthew 24, 4 and 5, it says, um, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And that's, it kind of relates to what we were looking at with the first horseman on the white horse. We were like, some people say, well, it's Jesus, because later on in Revelation, Jesus is riding a white horse and he comes wearing a crown. And it's interesting because if you look at the, the kind of Greek that relates to the crown, I think we said this last week, that it's not the same kind of crown, like a diadem crown that Jesus wears. This crown is like one of those uh, wreath crowns. And Jesus says, beware of those who come appearing as me. And it seems to relate to this, that we've got a conqueror coming that brings a false peace, if you like, before the following horseman, which is the war the war horse yes, yeah. um and it seems to be saying well you know it looks like it looks like me but it's a false christ coming on that on that white horse yeah uh because following it is the is the uh you know the red horse of, of war permitted to take peace from the earth and to slay people with a great sword and again you know just to say about the second horse matthew 24 again says you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but don't be alarmed they may take place but the end is not yet nation will rise up against nation kingdom against kingdom and he starts talking about war and you can relate that to the next horseman yeah thanks. we could go yeah. on with the others you know, the other horse but i'll let you jump in yeah great ben <laughs> thank you absolutely it really does um cor correlate well doesn't it with even jesus's uh saying of what will will be will happen in the end um pastor akin anything to to add um you know there's lots we can say about the four horsemen but what what yes what do you want to add at this point yeah just 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 by just by way of i, I guess to um if we're talking about application just to to remind ourselves that you know in a, when we look at these um these four horsemen we there, there is a if you like a phrase given to them so it was like what they were able to do, there was, um, if you if you like that, um, if you can call it an, an authority or an ability to do certain things, it was given to them. Yes. And even when we, we like you said, those verses you read at, at the end there, where it says that they had, you know, all, all of this, um, you know, the famine and, and the death, the destruction, everything that it had, um, the impact was over a quarter of the earth. Mm -hmm. So we, we see that even in in these, and this is one of the, the commentator was 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 um, one of the ones I was reading. He was quick to emphasise that even. Uh, if, even as we begin to look into, uh, you know, God's uh, judgment coming upon the earth uh, in, 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 if, in the last days, if you like, that there is still, that God is still in, in control of things is what he was, that was the point that he was trying to make that in all of these things that as, as believers, you know, whichever, wherever we find ourselves in the midst of all of these things, that we should never forget that God was in control. And one of them referenced what, um, you know, just like Ben was saying in Matthew 18, where Jesus, before he left his disciples, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
And so that the Lord still remains, God still remains in control. He still remains in authority, even in the midst of all of these things that, are, that will be taking place in the last days. So I guess that that's that would be my, you know, if, if you like, point of reference, emphasis to say, yes, we don't understand. We, like you, like you said, we don't understand yeah. all these things, you know, the time frames, yes, yes. you know, the, the order in which they they all happen. But one thing that we can we, we can see from all of this is that God still remains in control. And that's why we need to put our hope, our trust and our faith in him in spite of all of these things that we see that are, that are coming in at the end of the age. That's really good. Thanks, uh, Pastor Akin. It's so true. You know, what do we absolutely know from, from the breadth of Scripture is the character, the nature of God and his continual promise, as well as being in control, that he will care for us, that he will supernaturally protect us, that he will be with us. And so even if we do go through some of these events as described, God's promise is that I will be with you. I will, you know, it says a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but I will protect you and I'll be with you as we trust him. So, yeah, lots of these things. Yeah. Let let us not be sort of too, um, too, let us not be in despair as we read about these things on the that are coming. But uh, it is sobering. Nevertheless, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interestingly, we talk about, you know, those four horsemen. And you've got these different sort of uh, different approaches from various areas of the church, from uh, the Bible believing sort of more literal interpretation, shall we say, on this end of the spectrum, I think where we would be and others which would would take some of this as as, you know, imagery and and not um, uh, not literal uh, or even, you know, the historical There's nothing wrong with that. But but talking about say that the rider on the white horse representing, you know, rulers and uh, false Christs and, uh, you know, causing mayhem through the earth, war through the through the earth, uh, through the world as well, famine and uh, and all these things, you know, representative of. And yet I would say if we look at this as is presented about a depiction of the very end of times that, that Jesus said this is what will happen at the end we could look at it and i would say look at it as there is going to be this this ruler this this that like no other which is described in uh, elsewhere in scripture in daniel and then following you know his arrival and 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 his effect on the earth it will be boom 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 there will be you know a massive increase in in war and and peace being taken away from the whole earth a massive increase in economic um, collapse, you know, global and huge and catastrophic and a a massive increase in, you know, famine and disease and death because it it says that a quarter of the earth will die as, as as an effect of this. Now, that is catastrophic and cataclysmic compared to what we've seen in the past. You know, if you think of a quarter, you know, of course, some would say, well, that's not a literal. It just means a lot of people. But it says here a quarter. You know, let's let's I, I would say, do we listen to what the scripture is telling us and take it as is? I mean, during I, I mentioned last time during World War Two, 40 to 50 million people died as a result of World War Two, according to. The population today, if this were the case, this would be 1.5 billion being taken from the earth. I believe that's something like 300 times 
the amount that that died during World War Two. Again, it's not to uh, to to scare or shock, but this is serious business. This is this is the Lord bringing things to a climax. This is Him coming and um, you know allowing. Here's another th- here's another thought, friends. We'll be moving from these four seals into the fifth seal, and there's a very particular change in the nature of moving from the first four seals to to the fifth seal. And we did touch on this, I believe, last time. And that's, it seems like with these first four, it's almost like the Lord taking his hand, his restraining hand from us and and almost saying, okay, you can have what you so want, you know, and and evil just being allowed to, to, to flow in its fullness and man's wickedness against man. It's almost like a depiction of fullness of man's wickedness against against man would you say you know with the war with the economic collapse with um with the 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 famine that that's caused by injustice and things yes you know what we're talking about here the um i I guess some people who might look at these things uh these scriptures that we're looking at as being historical or things that are um you know they're symbolic just going back to Matthew 24, as, as Ben alluded to previously, you know, the Lord did say that they said, when you hear of rumors of wars and um, you see that you're not troubled for these things must come to pass. But he says the end is not yet. And then he, he went on to talk about nation rising against nation. He talked about uh, famines, didn't he? He talked about uh, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. And he, you know, he spoke about the things that perhaps we might say that are happening now. We're seeing them happen now. And yet he still he says that this is not the end because, you know, he goes goes on through Matthew 24 to talk about another day, if, if you like, where where these things, in, in a sense, would be um, the impact will be multiplied. So uh, I think if, you, if you're looking at that from what um, you know, Ben was saying earlier, we're looking at uh, Revelation 6, we're going back to what Jesus said in Matthew 24. We're looking at this again, going back to what Jesus said in Matthew 24. It, it, it does. It does seem to indicate that the, the what we what he's what we what is what we're talking about here. We haven't seen anything like this at all. You know, we've not. We, we haven't even come close. And even with, right. with COVID and, like you said, yes. First World War, the Second World War, and yes. all the things, we haven't seen anything like the things that we will we'll be looking into uh, in these two verses. That's here. such a good point. Yes, I agree. Simon Marshall, thanks, Simon. He said, God will allow an increase in the demonic, but also an increase in the demonstration of God's glory. Absolutely. And I was going to come to this as well as we move into the next phase of the seals, seal five and onwards of of, of the, the heavenly sort of thing heavenly things being shaken and these are absolutely kind of the works of God but let's look back at um, a prophecy from Joel Joel chapter 2 about these days and in my Bible it's got a little subheading it's not in the scriptures but it says the day of the Lord concerning the day of the Lord Joel 2 28 he says in this in these days and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions, even on my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days that every sphere of person will be an outpouring of, of the spirit of the Lord. And then it goes on, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here we've got a description. Yes. And thank you. Exactly. It's reminding us that, you know, as the evil and the darkness gets darker, the people of God and the, the work of the spirit of God will also get uh, brighter and be, you know, very effective in that day. Uh, here's another one. In that day, in the end times, it says, and the people who know their God shall do great exploits. That's in Daniel. So, yeah, great reminder there, um, Simon. Thank you. Indeed. Let's bring it. Let's bring another perspective, though, because I'm a flag waving revivalist just as much as you guys are. But, um, you know, as much as it, uh, as God's glory will increase on the earth in the time of tribulation, it does say, if we're looking at the seals kind of bit by bit, the, in the fourth seal, the pale horse, the rider who is death comes. And, and if we go back to Matthew 24, again, it talks about as a contrast to the, the revival, you know, there will be an increase in God's glory on the earth and an increase in the demonic. But uh, Jesus even said himself during this tribulation, and we're kind of of the mind, you know, we don't know that we will go through the tribulation, potentially, we might be totally wrong. But if we go through the tribulation, you know, Jesus is saying that uh, you will be hated by all nations. Uh, many will fall away and betray one another and will hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness, lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That, to me, talks directly to, to the believer. And it says, you know, it's going to get rough. But, you know, many will fall away. And because of the trouble on the earth, many will be like, Ilma says, you know, that phrase, how can there be a God if this is allowed to happen? How can there be a God if, you know, we still this suffering? And it's exactly what Jesus is saying. The love of many will grow cold because of these things. But he who endures to the end, he is the one who will be saved. Um, and I thought it was an interesting, uh, you know, to kind of put that in. Very as good well as thing, yeah. the, the kind of yes. cyclical nature of wars and stuff. You know, like uh, one of the is conquest, followed by war, followed by famine, followed by death. It's like every war you've seen. Hitler trying to conquer Europe, war, and then the suffering that follows war because of the, the destruction and, and the death that follows war. You know, you can look at it as a cyclical pattern. You could apply it like the preterist and the historicist to Jerusalem. But one of the things I've learned from doing Word Up is that it may be that these prophecies relate to the destruction of Jerusalem in the past and the end times in the future. We were talking earlier on about how when we were looking at Peter and when we were looking at Matthew, you, you get this dual view of scripture where you got a fulfillment here and a fulfillment in the future. And because you look at it that way, you only see one fulfillment. But if you look at it that way, there's like a dual fulfillment, uh, a, a fulfillment in the past we can look back on and a fulfillment for the future. And that's where I kind of put some of these differing views, you know, that they're saying, oh, it's all happened or no, it hasn't. It's all going to happen. I'm like, well, it looks like from what we've seen so far you could have a dual fulfillment of these things um, but yeah you know important to put those perspectives that, in because that, that's all great like... then yeah i think you know it's again talking there as you were saying of of the real kind of correlation of what we're seeing in revelation and what what jesus described in matthew 24 you know that very clear end time thing what will be the end of the age and he said you know 
well, these are the beginning of the birth pains at the end. You know, these are the signs of the end. And then a very clear description of our very increased persecution and, and if you like, a falling away of, of a certain folks. Um, but we're also seeing that it's almost like a, a sifting and, and, and there is a, those who know their God will shine more and more, but there will be a distinction. And if you like the wheat and the tares, that there'll, there'll be a certain separating. And we're getting to this because um, it might be a good to even go over. Let's have a look about at the fifth seal. It says, I saw under the altar. This, this is uh, verse nine. The souls of those who'd been slain. And it says here, get this, because of the word of God and of the testimony they had maintained. So interestingly, you know, not just it's not they were slain because of their testimony as Christians. They were saying it says because of the word of God. Um, and interestingly, isn't it that today, you know, there is a an increasing um, pressure and attack. We've, we've talked about this a lot through Word Up against the Word of God, against the Bible, against Scripture. You know, it is today becoming, you know, it's being known as hate speech. And, and you know, because it is more and more clashing with the um, uh, with, 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 with modern society, with what's being tolerated and what's being looked at, uh, accepted in modern society. The words are failing me here. The, the, what I'm looking for but you know what I'm saying there's this clash now between the worldviews of a bible believing christian in the western world is more and more being um you know seen as intolerant even hateful and and we're we're on the very cusp of it being illegal to actually express the views that we hold biblical views and many of the saints or so-called christians are you know because of that it seems choosing you know to to a a, a sort of um um you know a wishy-washy version and and uh, not holding to the truth of scripture to to kind of you know as, if you like to fit in with the world and yet but there is so it's interesting that that there were the souls of the slain because of the word of god and the testimony they had maintained and so there's this maintaining and, and going back to what Jesus said, you were faithful, you endured to the end, it says. To the end of what? Well, to the end of the time, to the end of that time of per he who stands firm to the end will be saved, Jesus said. To the end of what? Well, it's to the end of this time of of persecution and, and, and real pressure. And thank you. I think it was Sharon who said on here, uh, you know, persecution will increase greatly yes absolutely Sharon and in the western world you know we haven't really experienced it the western world the western church but of course persecution is happening massively in different parts of the world right now and there are more Christian martyrs today than there were back in the the, the sort of times immediately of the early church following Jesus we read of the accounts of the martyrs even in scripture but there are more people being martyred today for their faith in the other other parts of the world but do we you know don't don't think that it cannot come to our doorstep in the west it, that pressure is coming and it it wouldn't take much for now what Simon put here, one reason revelation was written was to help the saints overcome in the midst of intense persecution 
Something in the Western world, there you are, we, Simon's saying it as well. We haven't really had to deal with yet. I believe we are in a watershed moment. We certainly are. We yeah. certainly are. So um, these things, uh, you know, we kind of think we're immune up until kind of the beginning of, of this uh, kind of millennium, if you like. I remember in 2001, like when uh, of all the nations in the world that got kind of attacked, that you know other nations had experienced over the years it was the strongest nation in the world that got attacked which was america on september the 11th 2001 uh you know seemingly invincible uh, attacks right at its heart and then you know other things like um looking at what he said here about famine you know we're nowhere near famine in this country but you know we're starting to see things you know with this economic situation uh and russia you know because of war uh, it's had an impact on on the whole world, and we're starting to see you know people really just beginning to struggle. You know, experts that we trust in, like the Bank of England, uh, holding their hands up in the air and saying, I, "I don't know what to do." The governor of the Bank of England, who is you know very serious official, and and uses his words carefully. I mean, they don't just say these things. You may have seen him on the news. He said. We are in an apocalyptic situation with food supply. So he's saying that, look, these, something is happening now that in the future could, you know, have, and he used that word apocalyptic. He used it uh, uh, repeatedly it, and he was even questioned, is, could, should you really use that word? What are you trying to say? He used it. He chose to use it. He knows what that means. And I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he's talking about the Bible apocalyptic things, but he's saying it's a very serious situation. Russia and Ukraine produce well over a quarter, between a quarter and a third of all the wheat for the world. And, you know, it's on, on standstill right now, you know, and the kind of the impact of that, we're only we're not seeing yet, but we will see. We're starting to feel it. And, and interestingly, it will be the developing world because they they don't have the resources that, that the Western world have. They will feel it first, and they are feeling it. And, and interestingly, yeah. it says, doesn't it, in, in the scriptures we, we, we were just reading, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And then yeah. it says this interesting phrase. I think we may have looked at it last time. Do not damage the oil and the wine. I mean... What I come across there was almost like the, the super wealthy or the wealthy, you know, won't be as affected. And uh, it's one possible interpretation, the oil and the wine. It was it's rich people uh, who have oil and wine and what have you. And, and you know, the commentator I was uh, look, reading and, and listening to was yeah. saying that, um, you know, this could be this absolute social upheaval where you know such kind of inequalities huge are, are seen that you know it causes more war and and, and revolutions and you name it not not like the likes of which we've never seen you know as pastor uh, akin was saying look at what you said sorry i cannot give it so it's what you said about the court the court of wheat for a denarius yeah you know that that is interesting because it says basically a day's wages is enough to buy a day's food for a man but if he's got a family, then he's got to look at cheaper grain, which is where it says uh, three quarts of barley for a denarius, a day's wage to buy cheaper stuff 
so that it can feed a few more mouths. I thought that was really interesting with our, you know, with this economic stuff we're looking at, petrol and, and, and food going up. Mm. He's saying, yeah. you know, it's going to be a time when a day's wage should just be enough to feed one person. But if you've got to feed a family, you're going to have to really, you know, it's like we well, have to go and buy the Tesco value stuff, you know, it, it, rather than the Tesco finest. It's, it's speaking, <laughs> speaking that, right into I'm that. I'm laughing at that phrase, but almost that's our kind of perception <laughs> of, oh, well, yeah. we, we, we can just get the, the um, you know, the cheap value stuff in, in the West as if, you know, we'll be all right. We can, uh, and I get you, Ben, I, I'm not, I'm not laughing at what you're saying, but, I, I think there's going to be such a shaking that we will, it's we're yes. all going to be affected. And as Pastor Atkin was saying, yes. this is describing things the likes of which have never been seen on the earth. Um, and I agree with that interpretation as opposed to a kind of, oh, yeah, this is what mankind's been experiencing throughout history. Interestingly, Dee's put yeah. there, can't get cooking <laughs> oil anywhere. It, I heard yeah. someone else was saying that. Yeah. I couldn't get any cooking oil. Was it my mum or? But anyway, yeah, it's yeah, cut it, cut the fat off your bacon and fry that. That'll that'll work. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Word up tip for you there. I was going to say, possibly, yeah, um, yeah. just the you know the no, we're we're looking at these things, but I really believe, like you said, that they're going to be things like we've never seen before, and it's just going to be you know as COVID came and it went, it was something that we had never seen before. But these things that they're going to be on a much more. Um, even as as you said that the, the governor of the, the the Bank of England using that word apocalyptic is going to be on that kind of level, so we can't even begin to imagine or prepare for it. But uh, I guess that the thing that just came to me was as we were talking was uh, how as Christians, you know, as even though you know we're, we're reading these things, we're talking about these things because when they actually happen, we, we there's no way we can. I don't know how I can describe it. We can't prepare ourselves for this. We need, we need to be aware of the fact that we yeah. can't prepare ourselves for these things, even though we're, we're armed with the word. But yeah. I was just thinking about um, the Apostle Peter, you know, when the Lord was telling his disciples and saying, no, this is going to happen to me. I'll be delivered into the hands of sinful men and this is going to happen. That was going to happen. And then Peter made that bold declaration, didn't he? That, you know, whatever happens, you know, I'm going to go with you. I'm prepared to die for you and all of this stuff. And, um, and the Lord had to say to him, you know, Peter, you know, before the, the you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, the, the, the um, uh, the cock crows, you know, yes. twice you're going to deny me three times. And, and Peter was like, no, no, that's not going to be me. But when the time came, actually, that time of, of testing actually came, that's what happened. And then I think looking, if we look at his life as an example, because we could be thinking now, right, you know, when this happens, you know, I'm never going to deny the Lord. I'm never going to, you know, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. And I'm going to stand for God and all of this sort of stuff. But how can we learn from the, the Apostle Peter's life? Because I believe that he was quite sincere when he was making those declarations that he was going to you know he was prepared to die for the lord i don't think he was lying i don't think he was anyway trying to deceive the lord he was being sincere he was being honest that was what, what was in his heart that's what he wanted to do he would have done that if he was able to but he wasn't able to do that and then we then look at how the lord restored peter and then we see him on the day um the day of pentecost where he boldly stands up and he makes this, you know, this declaration, this proclamation, you know, and declares that the gospel and those people get saved. And so what, what's happened to him between, you know, that time when he, he made the declaration that he was going to follow the Lord and when he didn't. And I, I can only say that maybe, I shouldn't say maybe, that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit that he received in the upper room, I believe that was where he, he, he had to receive that, if you like, a, a supernatural enablement for him to be able to, um, be able to follow through with his words, as it were. 
And, and I think that that's, that's important for us as believers to sit and understand that, yes, we do have our natural strengths and our natural weaknesses, but for, able, for, for us to be able to stand in these end times as we're reading about them, I think, yes, uh, Pastor Ian and, and Simon, you've mentioned this, that, you know, it's supernatural, isn't it? That the evil that is going to be released on the earth in, the, in these last times, it's going to be a, a wickedness that's beyond what we've seen before. And at the same time, as we've read in Joel, God is going to pour out his spirit upon the believer. He's going to pour his spirit out upon us. And we really need to, to understand that this is not something that we can we can look at as being optional just for the leaders. For every single believer who, who has the intention of enduring to the end of time, to be able to go through these difficult times when they come. Or I don't, I don't want to say if they come, when they come. Let's put it that way, when they come. We need to have this supernatural enablement from God. Otherwise, you know, we can read these things, we can be armed with them. But, but when the time actually comes, when we're faced with that difficulty, because if, if you think of situations like Ben said, where you, maybe you can't feed yourself, you might think to yourself, well, I'm prepared to, you know, to starve to death. But what about people who've got young children? You know, would they be able to would they would they be able to make that sort of stand when they've got young children? And if someone gives you the option of saying all you have to do is, you know, just deny Jesus and we'll give you enough food, you know, for your family for whatever, you know, the next year or whatever it is. You see, because we haven't experienced these things now, it might be we might be we don't want to be lured into a false sense of security thing. And if it comes to if this, if it comes to this, I'm going to stand for the Lord because we haven't been through this. Like you've rightly said, yeah. Pastor, Ian, some people are going through that now. You know, they, they, this is yeah. what this is the reality that they're facing. If, if they don't denounce yeah. Christ, they will be right. executed yeah. on the spot. Yeah. You know, not just them, but their children, you know, their wives, you know, their, their, their parents, you know, the people that they love and they care for. They, they say, you either denounce Christ now or we're going to execute all of you. Yeah. And until we're faced with these sort of situations, we have got no idea what it's like to be in those situations. So we really need to, like you said, we need that. We need the Holy Spirit. That's, I guess that's it. in a nutshell what I'm trying to say. We can't do this. We de- there is no way we can do this on our own. We cannot endure this type of um, difficulties in our own strength. It has to be by, by, by God, the power of God's spirit in us. Oh, sorry. Please. I was going to say, can I, just, I just felt kind of convicted after we you know, had a bit of a chat about like the economic situation. I just felt to speak into that, you know, to those that are listening today from Psalm 37. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. And this verse, verse 25, Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. And I just felt that from the Lord, that, you know, the righteous, his eye, another psalm says his eyes on the righteous, his ear is always attentive to their cry. And it's just a call to live righteously before the Lord and follow him. And you will never beg bread, no matter how bad the situation is. God has got his eye on you. And when it, it looks bad for the world and the world is being shaken, know that your feet are on the rock and that his eye is upon you. I just felt to say that to, to people that, you know, uh, you're right. It is a serious, serious thing. Mm. And, you know, just be assured that, that God knows you and your situation and where you are. And you, you will not beg bread. You will not go without God. It, you walk that righteous, narrow way and God will see, he sees you and draws close to you. Amen. Yeah, I, I think um, as, as has been even touched on here and, and Simon alluded to it, you know, this is a time to to know God, to be close to him, to get right with him, 
to to ensure our relationship is is very tight with him as he he, he prepares us in a sense for for what's ahead you know and um, this shaking but you know it is a time when we should shine for him as Simon was saying as well you know this will be a time because people are are looking for help looking for answers and and if 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 not from us you know we we can be shining we are called bright city church our own church and it's a time to shine indeed uh i've been meditating on psalm 34 just lately and you know it says those who look to him are radiant you know we will shine we we, we don't look to him and see his light we, we actually look to him and we will shine and he will provide for us. He will supernaturally help us. It says in that psalm, you know, the, even the lions, the strongest animals on the in the kingdom, the lions, they can grow weak and hungry and, and during this time. But you, those who seek the Lord, hope in me, will not go hungry, will lack for nothing. So there is a, a supernatural enabling and, and, you know, God coming close to us in this time. He says, hold out with me, trust in me, and I will provide. I will cause you to shine even in this time. Those who know their God, this is Daniel talking about that very time, will do exploits, will be strong in that day. So yes, 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 we will be strong. Now, we, we've got the souls of those who've been slain because of the testimony that the, and, and the word of God. And it says they called out, how long until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? How long, O Lord, you know, until you kind of bring justice? We, we've died because of, we, of wicked people. As we stood up for you, as we held out, we were killed and whatever. How long? How long? And, and it says that they were told just a little longer. Wait a little longer. Interestingly, it says until the number of your fellow brothers and sisters who are to be killed has been completed. What what do you make of that, gents? Is this idea that, look, there's going to be a complete number almost, and, and, and then God, you know, is going to say, right, that's it. You know, it's time to, to act. Uh, until, do, do you get, wait a little longer until there, there is a number, it seems that there, so again, this is reiterating, look, there will be many that are killed for their testimony. So this is very much an aspect of the end days. Go on, Beth. It reminds me of, of uh, there's bits in the Old Testament, I can't think of scripture now, where um, God says to these, he's speaking about the enemies, the Israelites, and he says something along the lines of, um, the, the sin of, of this people who oppress you, the, the level of their sin hasn't reached its height yet. Yes. But when it does, I will wipe them out. Yeah. And I, I kind of, yes. going back to, uh, uh, this is a, a, another point that I had for the discussion, but you've kind of done a left turn here. But um, we were talking about angels the other week. Um, and we're looking at these angelic horsemen. And I was thinking, well, great, you know, they're symbolic, they're metaphorical of, 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 of stuff because we're looking at apocalyptic literature. They're just, you know, symbols to hang things on. But to my amazement, I found in Zechariah that there were the horsemen once again. And they were quite, they, you know, they, they were in a vision. And you've got Jesus in the bushes with a load of horsemen behind him who are there to patrol the earth. Mm -hmm. Angelic horsemen that are sent to patrol the earth. 
and to relate to the point you're talking about is that they are sent to uh, the north to Babylon and Medo-Persia Medo and to the south to Egypt to um, punish and destroy those people that had held the Israelites in captivity and ha seemingly had been you know gone beyond what God had appointed them for in making them suffer so God then kind of sends these angelic vengeful horsemen after them to destroy their empires and in the same way it's almost like you know God's God's purposes in the world you know are, are, are hidden from us but he allows certain things to happen because of the Israelites sin he allowed them to be conquered and dragged off into captivity for Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy mm -hmm. until it was until the time was fulfilled which I think it was to do with they'd missed so many jubilee years so for that amount of jubilee years they were then in captivity before anything could happen for them to come back God's kind of timeline is, is sometimes you know beyond our understanding but he's he's got his plans and it's almost like okay you know we can say right until this nation's level of sin like Sodom and Gomorrah reaches such a despicable height that God God says you've gone that far and no further yeah. then he then he can act it's almost like this you know giving the devil authority to persecute uh, and and have reign on the earth like you know he's, he's man chooses who he wants to serve and he chooses to serve evil so God's like go your way but only for a little while and then then you've had it yeah uh, and it's almost with this you know evil is allowed to reign martyrs will be killed as the gospel is established as the light is still allowed to shine in the earth then one day god will be like that's it my grace is taken from the earth and now you're really going to see some trouble um it's, you know these time this god's timeline is, is is sometimes beyond our understanding but it, it's you know we see it in flashes of scripture like like here yes there, there there will be a reckoning there will be justice there will be justice there will be justice you know it will come all of us all be encouraged you know and that's what this is about that's what revelation's about the day of the lord and we've said it before it's uh, the lord saying right you know enough is enough i'm coming now i'm going to put everything right i'm going to deal with the rebels and i'm going to reward the faithful ones and I'm going to establish my kingdom forever and ever. There will be no more tears, no more crying, no more suffering. You will live with me and I will live with you forever. That is what this ultimately is all describing. So be encouraged, everyone. God is on the move. He is putting everything right. And you can be sure that um, even you will be you know, redeemed. You will be vindicated Whatever you might be going through, your vindication is around the corner. It maybe you've been mistreated at work or by your family or by anybody. But one day, as you trust in God, he's going to put everything right. So let's get close to him. Let's be close to him. Let's trust in him more and more each day. Let's stand on his word. Let's um, let's be obedient. In as, as Dee was saying, what a great time to share God's love and God's hope with our neighbours and friends, etc. As uh, even Simon was saying, what a great time for us to shine and us to have the good news. Thank you so much. Pastor Akin, would you uh, just finish us out in either a, um, you know, summarising comment or a prayer, anything you want to. Last word mm -hmm. is with you, my friend. 
Yes, thank you, Pastor. Just as a word of encouragement to everyone, Matthew 24, 31, and this is the Lord. He says, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's that's where we're going. He's coming back for us. Hey, what a great way to finish. We can't wait. Even so come, Lord Jesus. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye.